Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Everybody and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. I am Mark Ellis, joined as always by my co-host Jacqueline Coley. We got a great guest in studio today, and we are in Los Angeles. It doesn't feel like Los Angeles. It does Jacqueline. not. It's quite depressing. As what did you say? I moved to LA, not to Seattle. Yeah, I feel like I should get like a like a bump off my rent or something. Be, just because I, this is not why I moved to California. It's doom and gloom every morning I wake up now. This is different for me because this is the we're filming this the week that everyone comes back. And I, if you saw my Instagram story in that time, I definitely talked about it's like back to life, back to reality. It just like whips you up inside the face. But when it's rainy like this, I go to sleep with this rain. Yeah. This is how I actually go to bed every night. Like because I'm a damaged individual, I have to listen to rain sounds to make it to where, you know, the monsters don't keep me awake. I like the little rolling thunder that I get on my sound machine. Yeah. But now I'm doing ocean waves. Uh, so wait a minute. So right now with this rain that we have like as just normal, which is a rarity in California, right. I just want to sleep all day. So everyone's like giddy up. Like I've lost all ambition. <laughs> like you're like, do you want to rule the world? No. No. I just want to take a nap. I just like, want to sleep. I want to eat soup. And uh, and, and to be honest, it's why we're doing this episode yeah. today. I want to watch horror movies. Fair. And we have a great horror movie that we're going to be talking about. That's a little controversial on the tomato meter, which is, again, why we love doing this show. We're talking about Bride of Chucky. And we very have a very much. special guest with us. And it's the one, the only one third of the world girls and their empire. She's an incredible host. She's an incredible producer behind the scenes. It's Darina Ariano. Hello, Darina. Hola, hola. How's everybody doing? Happy to be here in the flesh. This is the first time people. I've seen you. In, well, not the first time I've seen you in person. We've seen each other at, like movie premieres and stuff. But this is like the first time it's like with a microphone as you were meant to be. <laughs> yeah. I just love seeing you in your element like in person. Same. Because it's not the same when you it go isn't. to the parties and the premieres. Everybody's, or, you know, like, I'm so glad that the three of us actually enjoy sitting in our couches <laughs> and watching movies <laughs> instead of going to those things Back. way more. We, so. we do see each other there, but it's like when we see each other, it's like we don't want to be here. Not Nobody really like we want to be here because we want to be here, but we don't want to be out of our house. Like anything outside of the house no matter how cool it is, it has to be this cool, basically, to make either one of us want to put on pants. I think that's why we're Agreed. all lucky is because we work in movies somewhat in this industry. And so one of the perks of that is like, yeah, you go to like some parties and stuff and you get to go to a premiere, maybe get a free drink afterwards. But you also have 
a two to two and a half hour window where all the lights are going down. Yes. And you're not supposed to talk to anybody else because there's a movie playing. Love that. And there's a there's a movie coming out this weekend called Megan that I think kind of relates to the film we're talking about today, which once again is Bride of Chucky. 47% rotten on both the tomato meter yep. and the audience score metric. So a rare tie there. And this is obviously in the lineage of child's play where you had 1988 blessing us with everyone's favorite little murderous puppet, Chucky. I guess he's not a puppet. He's a, t he's like a, my buddy. He's a, my buddy, but I mean, he, my he's, buddy. how dare you? He's guys. a marionette. He's a marionette because he does speak. Like the idea that it can be a doll that has any kind of But he's voice. got no strings to hold him down. He doesn't have any strings to hold him down, but I mean, he still speaks. Like, what do you call a talking doll? An but icon. <laughs> Chucky is an icon. I don't know what you guys are talking about All calling right. him a puppet. Uh, seriously, let's clip that out. <laughs> that was that was, yeah. that was That was, that was, that was so, so Why glad. is Chucky such an icon? Rina? Because there's nobody like him. There's, who else does, I mean, look, when the commercials for my buddy, came out in the mm -hmm. 80s and I was a kid, they freaked me out <laughs> me yeah. so yeah. much. I'm like, why would I want to hang out with that little guy? <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like the song. I just didn't. It creeped me out. And then I see Chucky for the first time, Child's Play in the 80s. And I'm like, this is exactly what I imagined my buddy being, right? So this, this, I've always also been freaked out by dolls. So mm -hmm. Chucky actually yeah. represents yeah. the truth about how creepy <laughs> dolls are. See, I have not. So like I was a Barbie girl, ah. like with the mm -hmm. dream house, with everything. Longer than people, re like I, I tell this story now, but I had, bar I played with Barbies until I was like 13, 14. Like there were girls that were like, oh, I just want to like get behind the bleachers. Math here. That's, yeah, that's like freshman year high school yeah, stuff. Yeah. Wow. Still, really? Yeah. I still, so because so I like, you own that. I did own it. You know why? Because I lived in a land of make-believe and my, like I had entire soap opera upper level seasons with these people. You can't just let that go because all of a sudden you're like, you know, body gets weird. This was investment, okay? I feel like playing with Barbies in high school is actually, the Barbies themselves have yeah. much more, like, the, the landscape for yeah. what Barbies can get into now that you're in high school and you're having was, all these feelings in yourself. It leads to a lot of adventures with Barbie and Skipper probably stays home. All of this was just reasons for me to like be a burgeoning writer. Like Kit like ran away from home. Like there was a whole <laughs> issue with Ken not wanting to get a job. There oh, was wow. like a whole like this was like so far. I was basically putting days of our lives storylines <laughs> on this. And now I remember at 14, I finally got rid of my Barbie dream house. And like they had like rooms and like I was like giving them all storylines be like, well, last week. This is what happened. Wow. And it, it was like, to Jacqueline's bedroom that. last week. Well, you know, it, it's interesting that you're you're putting your Barbies into relationships. Like yes. my sister used to have them date G.I. Joe. And it, it, it was I used to burn them. Match up. OK. Yeah. Some people would go in the woods and yeah. light stuff on fire. I did my share of that as well. But Bride of Chucky gives us this sort of romantic relationship that we get with Chucky's bride, yeah. who is voiced by the wonderful Jennifer Tilly. And so there's a lot to get to with this movie. We're going to disseminate all this stuff. Chucky has been a favorite here at Rotten Tomatoes because he's always the subject of some video we're doing. I had the pleasure of doing a versus episode where it was Chucky versus Leprechaun. <laughs> and I think Annabelle's been in the mix there too. So we kind of love just these like tiny little things that you should love or that should inspire children like a doll or like a fun Leprechaun that you see on the Lucky Charms box. And they end up being great fodder for horror movies. So we're going to be talking about some other Child's Play stuff, focusing on Bride of Chucky, which I saw for the first time.
last night. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time. First time. Pop that old cherry and uh, very excited about doing so. Jacqueline, if you would, please give us just a little tiny synopsis <laughs> as to what Bride of Chucky is about. Yes, I will give you the synopsis of Bride of Chucky. I also want to add, I actually last saw this movie when Mark did the video for <laughs> Chucky versus Leprechaun. It literally was so great. It had me like going back to watch it and like oh, get I caught up on you. it. Yes. Okay. So Bride of Chucky, in case the title doesn't give it away, if Chucky is our Frankenstein, this is the part where we assemble his bride. She, this is Timothy Valentine. This is a former lover of the actual guy who is in sort of embodied into the Chucky doll. She dies and we, of course, have to go into our Frankenstein type thing. The best part about this one is it's voiced by Jennifer Tilly and just picture her sort of like doll-like features being portrayed into this and you get a good <laughs> idea of it. Of course, through, you know, Chucky going through all of the things he's trying to do to make her come alive. Sometimes they're working, sometimes they're not. Eventually, he does get her to come alive. And then, surprise, surprise, she doesn't want to have anything to do with him at first, just as you would expect. But they sort of team up, go through more adventures. And in the end, we do get our eventual going down the aisle, Bride of Chucky. And this best part of this one also is that the Chucky is also reanimated because this is also the Chucky where we get to see him with the very scarred, awful face. I yeah. think I hit the major points on this one. Yeah, his face kind of looks like a baseball. It's, he looks it, like a yes. baseball, it's, yes. It's and cool. And uh, again, voiced by Brad Dorif. Again, a fine love in a hopeless place, horror comedy rom-com. I will give it to you. This is not a horror movie, kids. This is a love story for the ages. Yeah. Very true. Beautifully done. It is. It is. And we have all, all the horror movies from uh, from Blumhouse, which is putting out Megan. Are, that's also one of the editorials right now on RottenTomatoes.com. So y'all can go check that out. Um, Darina, the question here is simple. And it's also the name of the show. Is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about Bride of Chucky, which is 47% rotten? I love this company and I love the employees that work for it, but it's just <laughs> wrong so many times, Mark. So wrong. I mean, it's lower than Rise of Skywalker, which is you an insult. You texted me this and I'm not, or you, you responded to a tweet and you brought Star Wars What is into Star this. Wars Rise of Skywalker? There were 40, it's like I think it's in the 50 50s. something. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's actually one of the few rotten ones. Should be fresh, but. Yeah. yeah. The prequels are mostly fresh. No, they're dead. You. Yeah, they're dead. Love you Rise of Skywalker. Traitor. What do you mean, traitor? He loves all of it. No, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't specifically love all Star Wars. <sighs> There's some Star Wars that I think could be rotten, but Rise of Skywalker ain't it, baby. That's, that's what I was a, about to say. I was like, no, 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 no. He, the, he, he, he falls in the JJ camp. I'm the only part that was not rotten was Babu Freak. But anyways, <laughs> here's look. The opening sequence of this movie is yes. one of the most fun and. Horror iconic moments, I think, in any any horror franchise. The fact that Jennifer Tilly, we get to watch her rebuild Chucky yes. to like uh, Rob Zombie's living dead girl, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and basically, like she's, I think this is the scene where she's actually reading Voodoo for Dummies. Yes, right? yes. so it's just such a great scene, uh, and I think that's why everybody has that song on their Halloween playlist. Um, yeah, I was so happy to see Rob Zombie be, being on the soundtrack. You get a little bit of White Zombie in there too. Uh, before we get into the movie talk, Jacqueline, you are on the same train as Darina. Is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about Pride of Chucky? It's a little wrong. It's a little wrong. Okay. <laughs> but come on. This is another one of those where you have a movie where I always have a movie that I like to compare other movies to. And when it comes to the rotten around in the 40-year mark, I always bring this up. Anyone listening to this podcast knows this. Constantine is my watermark. If that movie could not get a fair <laughs> shake, I cannot give it to your bloody rom-com. And I forgot that. That's right. 
The best part about this story is they both literally bring each other to life. First, mm -hmm. Jennifer Tilly bringing Chucky to life, reanimated, stitching him up, but then also him bringing her to life as she has basically, you know, doomed herself due to her bringing him to life. It's this whole idea of them coming together. Yes. And we also get a young Katherine Heigl in this movie. Yes, yes we, we do. do. Get yeah. Not as young as Wish Upon a Star. Which is my favorite Katherine Heigl performance. If you oh, don't know, wow. that was a Disney movie from back in the day where she does right. a body swap with yeah. whatever. But yeah, I meant to mention this about Bride of Chucky. It is a corpse, you know, like a bride, a bride of Frankenstein meets Bonnie and Clyde meets, um, I, you know, every breakup, the breakup with uh, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Vince Vaughn. Okay. And then it comes together with this like amazing Jennifer Lopez, Hugh Grant style, like, <laughs> I love you in spite of yourself, rom-com. Like this movie has it all. And then it's bloody and terrifying all the way through. So, so a I, little bit of natural born killers in there too. A little bit too. of natural born killers. That's, that's very good. That was the fun. Bonnie and Clyde part yeah, that I'm yeah. talking about yeah. too. But no, definitely more natural born killers. There's a much after like Bonnie and Clyde were saintly compared to what these two go on their rampage. But what I was just going to say is um, it's still not going to be that great. So I could see maybe getting it to 50. Okay, but, but it's not even, fresh. But it's not fresh. And so I really just think it should stay where it is because it's already higher than Constantine. That was my point. Now, do you think it should be any of the Chucky movies would be fresh? Well, the first one is, isn't it? Or no? The first it is, one is. I yeah. think yeah. it should be because that's that's the best one. Yes, the first one is. And I do believe that that one earns its place. Uh, let's just think. I've seen Bride of Chucky. I've seen Child's Play 1 and 2. <laughs> I have not seen Seed of Chucky. <laughs> and I think I'm poor for it. Uh, and I've definitely not seen Child's Play. Okay. I want to see Seed of Chucky now after seeing this again for the <laughs> first time. True. So I'm going to say Rotten Tomatoes is wrong about Bride of Chucky. Wow. I, think this is, I think this is a fresh movie, it, mainly because of the comedic elements here mm -hmm. that they lean into, that they know it's campy. They know what they're yeah. getting yes. after. And it's sort of reinvigorating a franchise and really a genre that I think desperately needed it. And there, it's no accident that there's a very overt nod to Bride of Frankenstein, mm -hmm. which I will say, by the way, the 1935 classic probably better than the original Frankenstein, 98% wow. certified fresh in the tomato meter. So I'm not saying Bride of Chucky's that good, but I think it does deserve to be fresh. Completely agree, Mark. I'm so glad, especially because you just watched it for the first time. But what you just said, it's like Scream before it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, obviously, they took inspiration from what uh, Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson did yeah. because it's complete. It's obviously very self-aware that also, it's a parody. Also, the opening scene, it's a different type of scene, but it's still your opening heroine dying scene. It's the same type of like Drew Barrymore type scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a great way to to get you into the, the movie and a great way to get you to this podcast is our buddy Tim Ryan, who Yo, is our yes, expert review curation manager here. I know it's a new, we're excited. We want to jump into Bride of Chucky. But I know first, we really do. We give two minutes with Tim. It's run. He's our review curation guy. He, he compiles all the reviews, looks at all the stuff, and he's going to tell us what the critics were saying at the time of Bride of Chucky's release on the heels of Kevin Williamson's Scream. Tim, take it away. Two minutes with Tim. The most venerable horror movie franchises usually start out the same way. There's a terrifying antagonist who is the embodiment of a primal human fear. It could be Jason Voorhees as a stand-in for our fear of the woods. It could be Freddy Krueger, who we covered in a previous episode as the manifestation of our subconscious. Or it could be Chucky, a malevolent entity in a seemingly innocent package. Once said boogeyman catches on with the public, however, there's a decent chance that they shift from antagonist to protagonist. And, in other words, more campiness and catchphrases, less personification of dread. That's not necessarily a bad thing, at least for fans of the character, but it's also not necessarily a recipe for critical success. 
And though some critics found Bride of Chucky to have some decent scares and a satirical self-awareness about its status as yet another entry in a horror franchise, others felt it wasn't scary enough or funny enough to stand on its own. Bride of Chucky is rotten at 47% on the tomato meter with 38 reviews, and it has a 47% audience score. So what did the critics have to say? In a rotten review, Lawrence Van Gelder of the New York Times wrote, The novelty of a bloody horror film built around a malevolent doll carrying the soul of a serial killer has worn thin. However, in a fresh review, Antonia Quirk of the UK's Independent on Sunday wrote, Bride of Chucky is easily the best of the four-film Chucky franchise, and it's a barmy, witty horror movie full of scream-like ironies. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, Bride of Chucky is devoid of any fright and the franchise has become tiresomely self-periodic, although horror fans might find some pleasure in this fourth entry's camp factor. So that's Bride of Chucky. Let's kick it back to Jacqueline and Mark, your friends till the end. <laughs> and you are my buddy, Tim. Oh, yeah. Remember the, the, the female version of my buddy? Was big sister, kid sister, kid sister, kid sister, also creepy. And my buddy, kid sister, arguably even creepier. That I don't know, it's hard to get creepier than my buddy. I would stick with a Teddy Ruxpin, and even that you can make pretty dark and demented if you put a Black Sabbath tape in instead of the tape that Teddy Ruxpin was supposed to be playing. You can have fun with that at home. Right now, we're going to transition into movie talk. I love hearing the stories of when people saw movies for the first time, and for some reason. I love the horror movies the most when we have these kind of conversations mm. because I got to see this last night, turn all the lights off, me and the dog, popped a big thing of popcorn, loved me some Bride of Chucky. Jack, when you saw it a few years ago, yeah, most recently, I guess. Like, recently-ish is when I first, I think, saw it. Obviously, I knew what the, it's not a movie that hides its plot. Let's, <laughs> no. Let's be very clear here. I knew what I was getting into. But yeah, it was after that, I think I just like, you know, popped in some voodoo codes that, you know, we get here, or Fandango codes. And I was like, oh, let me like watch this one. And I watched it pretty quickly. Uh, but the first Chucky I saw, I saw on cable. I didn't see it in the theaters, obviously. I was way too young. Um, but when I did finally see it, it was on cable. And even on cable, I was like, this should not be on TV. This is disturbing. <laughs> That's why you're the best part of this show. I, I kind of tread water and you're the star because <laughs> you bring up even better points like that. So, Darina, before I ask you when you saw Bride yeah. of Chucky, what was your first experience with the Child's Play franchise. Yeah. Well, as uh, Mark knows, I grew up in Mexico. And uh, in Mexico, the difference is that you actually get to see movies in network TV that are not meant for network TV in America. And so uh, Child's Play played during the day. <laughs> it oh, wow. dubbed in Spanish. Right? Nice. So I saw that as a kid and I was the weird messed up kid that I was, I wanted to keep watching it even though that I was super scared. And my wow. grandma's like, what are you watching? I'm like, it's just a, just a movie about dolls. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It is a good movie to kind of pull the wool over the parents' eyes because they don't really know. They just see like a toy and it's like, yeah, no, it's a kid's movie. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Do exactly. you think parents pay attention if they don't have other siblings ratting on them? Because like you grew up with siblings. Like for me, my parents didn't know what I was watching because they would have to be sitting there watching it with me to know. Whereas that I feel like it's only when you have siblings do they say, you shouldn't be watching this. You I just I mean? spent the last two weeks with my sister and her family, my brother and his family. Parents don't know anything. They yeah. don't, they're not paying attention to anything these kids are doing. That's they're, what I'm they, saying. Like, not because they're bad parents, because they're so tired. Oh, they, they yeah. Have, they don't sleep? No, they don't sleep. They're just barely trying to figure out what to have for dinner tonight. They have no idea. 
You're all superheroes. That's what I was just, I mean, I just wanted to say, like, <laughs> legitimately, you're like, I was thinking about it. It's like, I should not have been watching this. You probably, you know, your grandma should be watching this. Did anybody know? <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I feel like the thing with Child's Play, and I, I can't recall like sitting down and watching Child's Play start to finish. I'm sure my sister and I caught it on USA Up All Night. Hosted by the late great Gilbert Godfrey, yes. where he's like playing mini golf with three models and yeah. then he cuts I'm to the movie. Up all night. Um, I think I probably caught it there somewhere. Yep. But I feel like Chucky was the more, I don't know, uh, digestible sort of horror movie villain. If yes. you're a parent, you're like, I think I'd rather have them watch mm-hmm. a child's play than a Freddy Krueger or a Hellraiser or a Hellraiser adjacent, a Michael Myers, that kind of thing. Even though the, the kid's imagination can take the Chucky thing and run with it because you have stuff in your room that probably looks like Chucky mm. or resembles the Chuckiness of it. But if you look at Bride of Chucky, I came across that as an adult. And so, like, I'm ready to have fun with this. And I think that this movie coming out in 1998, which is a decade after the first Child's Play, I think that every kid like you, Darina, who saw Chucky when you were probably too young to meet Chucky, mm-hmm. and you probably all of us, then we're adults now, and we kind of have a sense of humor about this. Yep. Movies like Scream certainly helped. We see Bride of Chucky. I think it came along at the exact right time. Did you see this in the theaters? Yes. Or did you? Um, also, I was actually in high school still in Mexico, and so I saw La Novia de Chucky. Uh, that's what it was titled down there. And um, I was about 16, so I was the perfect age yep. yeah. to receive the campy horror because I was such a huge fan of the Scream franchise. And uh, I, I do want to say a shout-out uh, I know Team America is a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was not the first puppet sex scene. No. No, it was, oh, it was right. Bride of Chucky. Yeah, it was Bride, Bride of Chucky. That I, and I think, well, it was not the first... There was also animated sex scenes that had come out before then. And watching the puppets get it on and how they're making light of it. Like, again, this yeah. movie is funny throughout. There's a comedic thread that does not stop. I about stood up and scared the dog. I was so excited to see John Ritter's name. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. The cast. John Ritter, an all-time great yeah. sitcom actor. And he's just so great with physical comedy. He doesn't get to do a lot of that here because he's the bad chief of police yeah. who's trying to keep Katherine Heigl's character, Jade, from being with this other dude, uh, played by Nick Stabile, I think. And um, it's like, okay, so they have the... Jade Jade and Jesse are the two characters who are sort of looking to escape town. But then you also have Chucky and his now bride, who has become his bride because they kind of pull the like switch is, on each other. And now they're both still, stuck in puppets. They're both uh, toys. two couples fighting. Yeah. <laughs> what did they call it? Two couples at war. 
What do they call that? It's 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 a heartbreaking thing in this movie, <laughs> Darina, because you really feel like in a different world. Uh, Chucky and and his betrothed could really hang out with Jesse and Jade and like go on a nice double date and really totally. get along pretty well. Yeah, but that's not what happens in the Chucky franchise. <laughs> no, it tends to go bad pretty quick. What's what's one of your favorite standout scenes of this movie? Is it the is it the you know. Is it the puppet sex? Um, you know, that's a great one. Uh, but no, uh, the ending <laughs> is one of my favorite scenes in a horror movie ever because it's so ridiculous yes. and surprising. And I don't think you see it coming. Uh, we th- can talk about it. Can we? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll yeah, put yeah, the spoiler yeah, alert out there for the end of Bride of Chucky, where we think that we finally have Chucky's underground and we got him taken care of. The bride has just been burned to a crisp. There's no way that she's getting out of this. But then something happens with Tiffany where she starts screaming and I think, oh, she's coming back to life it's a lot more than that yes uh life found a way (laughs) into uh the puppet vagina and a little seed of chucky came out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's amazing and it's you know it's a little puppet fetus covered in blood with teeth uh that's about to attack the cop it's amazing and that's how it ends and that's how it is and it sets up the sequel which was of course the i was literally i was like what do you mean i was like oh the sequel setup i thought i was like what did i miss and i was like yes seed of chucky which i just checked is 34 percent, i think on rotten tomatoes so it kept getting worse but you know what's funny bride of chucky is i think only the fifth highest rated child's play movie the TV show is like 91%. Yes, the TV show does really well. Yeah, yeah. But both the child's plays, the one where Mark Hamill provided the voice mm-hmm. that came out a couple of years ago, and then the original, 1988, those are both fresh. I think yeah. child's play two is fresh. Yes. And so there's a lot of freshness with this franchise. Curse of Chucky, I think might be the highest rated child's play movie on the tomato meter. Wow, really? Curse of Chucky is 75% fresh from 2013. Cult of Chucky is 78% fresh. There's a lot of freshness with this movie. Hey, listen, I am not going to doubt the power of Chucky. It it gets better innings than Leprechaun, and I defend the (laughs) Leprechaun franchise a ton. I really do. Thank you, Versus, again, for showing your knowledge on this subject. Uh, I really do appreciate it. It's really all thanks to our expert researcher, Mark Hoffman. I can't (laughs) take most of the credit for Versus. I just wanted to add too with Bride of Chucky that it came out in 1998. This was a movie of the MTV generation. Mm-hmm. I think people need to like also mm-hmm. remember this. I remember this all over the MTV Movie Awards. I remember this being like definitely a movie that you saw in TRL. You saw, you definitely, it felt, again, like your point, people that maybe saw it when they were seven or eight, they were 18, 20, definitely a part of that generation watching it now as a as a movie, I think that definitely, like they picked the right time to come back. Completely, And yes. like that, that metal sort of goth marriage where you have like you could see Marilyn Manson's popularity on the rise just watching this movie but I also think that the genius about this movie is that if it took itself more seriously we would be asking ourselves a lot of questions like so wait is there are there blood and guts and reproductive organs inside these puppets because there's a scene where Chucky gets stabbed and then he's bleeding out the back and it's like but you're a you're you're a toy so how does this but it the movie doesn't care to answer those questions it's just taking us for a ride and the movie knows what it is and I like when art is confident enough to be like this is what I am I don't care about what I'm not I'm just gonna have fun with this and it's sets up our human character so well in one of my favorite scenes where we're going to the dance mm-hmm. and it's the, the beginning of the movie and this nice nice kid shows up to take Katherine Heigl's character Jade to some dance and you gotta go through the dad or in this case the uncle who is John Ritter who happens to be the chief of police okay they don't get along uh, John Ritter and Katherine Heigl don't get along they have a weird relationship so he thinks that oh this guy's taking her out but he know- he's the chief of police he's wiser than this he knows that this is just the friend who is not interested because he's gay 
And so Catherine Heigl actually is going to the dance with Jesse. The chief of police pulls them over and is like, I caught you in the act. And so we instantly know John Ritter's going to get his comeuppance. And we don't know what's going to happen with this couple, but they're going to probably make a run for it. Yep. And Jennifer Tilly's character, Tiffany, gives them the perfect reason to do so because we got to get this amulet so that we can get these two. I just love explaining this movie. <laughs> I feel like I'm explaining this movie to like my mom or something, and she's already like checked out. But this is just what the ride the movie takes you on. <laughs> And it's really, this is the really reason fun. Why you don't tell the movie because it's like, okay, we've got to put this person's body in this party because they're trying to get away by yeah. infusing their right. souls into the puppets because they're like, we'll live forever. It's the worst thing in the world, but we the still- The best thing in the world. It is too. the worst thing in the world to explain. Yes. It is the best thing in the world though, because how else do you explain later the massive RV fight with the oven between those two, which is yes. my favorite yep. scene. Because yes. I'm glad you set all that up because literally I was like, okay, I got to set up why these people are this way and you did it perfectly. So now I don't have to. But the RV fight is mm -hmm. like so good. First of all, put the doll in the oven. Brilliant. Well, like, it's, it's one of the things where like that was one of the first fights where they actually treated the dolls like dolls in the sense of how they went about them. And then the dolls also acted like Yoda in the prequel as far as like how they went back at them. Like it felt like a very like... Am I wrong watching no. it? It is a very physics in the sense of like, this is what somebody would do with a little doll attacking it. I They're appreciate not going to pretend. That Star Wars you know what I mean? Like, just throw it in the oven. You're yes. not going to pretend like this is a formidable thing. It's almost laughable. So it's just like when you would have like an angry, like wild kid trying to attack you. Put it in a small box. Put it on a shelf. I loved that about this is it really treated them like the tiny inanimate objects it was, even though they could kill them. Yes. And I loved that fight. Very physical, very funny, but... And give it up for the puppeteers. That Those were puppets. That was not CGI mm -hmm. with those moves. They were literally throwing these dolls. Yeah, they had about, I think, like seven people uh, yeah. managing each of the puppets. It was yeah. incredible. With, and, and With the visual effects artists, too, like, they really treated it like a visual effects shoot yeah. in the sense, like, this would have been just like as if they didn't have anything that was going to be right. scoped over. Yeah. yeah, and I love that you brought up that scene because it's really when everything comes together. And you really hear Brad Dourif and Jennifer Tilly having a blast during this scene yes. because that's when they actually, this is after they have the puppet sex and they make love or whatever yeah. and uh, and then she gets really mad at him right and and she she does that whole monologue where she's like fuck Martha Stewart <laughs> and then she ends with take it from me honey plastic is no substitute for a nice hunk of wood <laughs> so good what are you doing ah! what would Martha Stewart say fuck Martha Stewart Martha Stewart can kiss my shiny plastic butt here I am slaving away over a hot stove, making cookies, making Swedish meatballs, and for what? For a man who doesn't appreciate me. For a man who can't even wash one fucking dish. For a man who isn't even a man at all where it counts if you get my drift. Take it from me, honey. Plastic is no substitute for a nice hunk of wood. Yeah, the yeah. lines in this yeah, movie, the lines like, in this are they very really smart. do yeah. take turns. And I thought that was a genius move by the creators of this is that you have these now these two dolls and you could very easily just have them both be these, you know, malignant entities that are just possessed and are just evil. And they are. They have that evil bent. They're both very obsessed with serial killing, but they have distinct personalities and they're different from one another. And that adds a spice to it. And so the scene you're talking about that leads up to it is where we have the two guys. So we have Chucky, who's kind of got a gun <laughs> yes. on Jesse. 
And then we have Tiffany, who's got a, a knife to or whatever to Jade. And they're both sort of taking hostages, but yes. they're also kind of just, we need to do some girl talk. We need to do some boy talk. And it ends up kind of turning into, a fight. into the yeah. relationship. Yeah. And then the, the toss in the oven's amazing because it's an homage sort of to Gremlins where yep. you throw a gremlin into the microwave. There's also another great Star Wars reference in this. Which one? It's where Chucky is just, look, He's a fun guy for a night, ladies. Yeah. Okay. He's not a long-term boyfriend no. because he's obsessed with himself. And so when Tiffany tells him, I love you, he says, I know. And it's like the most evil, demented Han Solo oh Empire God. Strikes yeah. Back yeah. before he goes into the, uh, you know, the, the ice chamber, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. This is it. I love you, Chucky. I know. We belong together forever. Kiss me. Because the way he says it, it doesn't hit the same way at it all. Does not. And that's the I'm point. Sorry, I'm literally like, opposite. oh my God, that is a Star Wars reference. And it's funny that I mentioned that at that time because I'm just putting it in a different unintentional stuff. But the the literal fights I do think are great when they show these full body humans. Mm -hmm really fighting these dolls. The only time I've ever really seen that done outside of The Force Awakens. I'm uh, sorry, the, <laughs> the, the, the um, uh, Attack of the Clones. The, uh, Attack of the Clones, yeah, mm -hmm. the first prequel. Only other thing I will add to, I love that even in 1998, we establish that women are fed up with toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah. like, even in this movie, even though it was written and directed by men, it, clearly there had to have been some women that, women that punched up this script because the anger, the exhaustion, and the frustration that Jennifer <laughs> Tilly is talking about as a doll in this movie is the same thing that litters my FYP page of, like, these housewives who have husbands that, like, won't empty the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand it. I grew up in a house like that, and my house is completely different than that. In fact... I am the incompetent husband. <laughs> like, I'm the one. Well, yeah, because you're playing with your Barbies you know all, I mean? all the time. Like, exactly. No, I mean, but like, literally, I'm the person that's like, let's just get a maid. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. But this is the same thing. Inequal, an inequality. Him focusing on his dreams and not really taking care. This is like real couple stuff that they're actually talking about in this absurdist manner. But that's why it hits. And it's so cool that this is the fourth entry into the franchise yes. and that it's completely different than anything we've seen before, right? That's what's so great about uh, Don Mancini and why he's so beloved by us horror nerds mm. that, you know, he started this franchise uh, with a completely unique idea of like the doll, my buddy coming into life. And then he continued it. Uh, but he's like, you know what? I think Chucky needs a girlfriend. And uh, because that's that's what happens in life. Like he yeah. actually gave yeah. this little toy a storyline yeah. uh, to continue and even have kids. And, and he showed how toxic that would probably be given exactly. all of the things that this person did before then. Or maybe he hired a writer that could realize like, hey, on his first murder rampage, we can't make this just hugs and kisses. This needs to be... A struggle. It really is like a relationship that you're trying to form into something meaningful because everybody longs to be with somebody, right? Yeah. And so, and and you have interests. And, you know, I enjoy sports and I enjoy uh, sleeping. Those are my interests. I like dogs too. So I'm pretty easy to please. With, with Tiffany and with Chucky, Charles Lee Ray, the serial killer who died and then his spirit possessed the doll of Chucky, they both love killing. Yeah. They're so obsessed with it to the point where even their friends around them are like, hey, I'm not ready to kill yet. I'm like, I'm into this God stuff. I'm not ready to be a mass murderer. Yeah. They found each other. And God bless Tiffany for trying to make it work. But you just can't you can't get through to Charles Lee. Right. No. You can't do it. Not at first. 
Not, not at, at first. first. Well, no, but you got to have the uh, like every good rom com. There's the gonna be the grand declaration, and this grand declaration is pretty up there. When he finally does say, you know, I want to be with you and propose, that is like, <laughs> yeah, like well, that is lift me up where we belong. That is Richard Gere. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's when um uh when Tiffany actually kills the couple, yes, right, yes, and yes. like throws the bottle at the ceiling mirror, yep, yep, and then all yes. of these uh, shards of glass kill the couple, and then Chucky gets so impressed, he's like, "I love you," and that's when they start yes, having sex, yes, when they start having so, so demented, gross. but it's some amazing. Fun amazing. kills in this movie. There are some fun kills. In this I, movie. I thought the, the the chief of police played by John Ritter kill was pretty fun because yeah. we get it sort of twice, and because he just gets a face full of nails and then they throw him and so he just just gets tossed into this sort of trunk in the back of the rv but then he comes back because he's the chief of police damn it and he's john ritter and we booked john ritter for this we're gonna give him one more scene i mean of course you have to also this is such a movie that's like a horror head it's not even an easter egg it's more of like this is just for you. That's right. just for them. That pinhead thing is just for the horror heads. And the Bride of Frankenstein stuff. Yeah. It's another one of my favorite scenes is where Chucky ends up murdering Jennifer Tilly's human version of right. Tiffany. Uh, yeah. Because she's in the bath. She's enjoying it. She's having champagne. She's well, got she's, Chucky locked she's up. She's crying to Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's watching Bride of Frankenstein and we're seeing that it's just so clearly communicated and not in a way that it's ripping off Bride of Frankenstein. No. It's paying homage, nice. but it's also updating it for this generation. And I thought it was really well done. And as I talk about this movie, I'm sort of more impressed with the, the comedic genius of it. It's, yep. a, very, it's a very dark take. But it's really, really funny stuff. And I think the reason what we're, we're glossing over, it's a very broad comedy. Every single one of the laughs, these are like right up there with like Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber type, <laughs> you know, really broad laughter. And I think maybe at the time, and I'm not saying this is what Tim said or whatever, I think critics just can't think that there's a great, really incredible movie, which is surprising because you know who he borrows this kind of stuff from? Like Preston Sturgis, Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin. That's right. really what this is. These are like really like, old school vaudeville techniques, literally, that they're using to now really sort of tell this different story. But underneath all of that, if you took out the sight gags off of it, it's a pretty good emotional character arc underneath here. It, it, it there really is, and and if you look at you know the is this the best in the series? I can't really speak to that I haven't seen every movie in the Definitely series, not. but I will say it was a huge step forward for representation because this is back again in '98, and you have uh, an LGBTQ bent like years before. This was sort of in mainstream media at mm-hmm. all. I mean, you have Alexis Arquette is in the movie. Yep, definitely, you have just a, a lot of a lot of overtones and a lot of shades. And David, of the progress. character is also queer. Yeah, yeah. and yep. there's and nobody asks anything. Like Catherine Heigl's character just talks to him about it, like it's yeah. normal, right? Yeah, like, as it should be. And so it definitely was, for the nineties. This was back when they just passed. Don't ask, don't tell. You couldn't literally talk about that stuff in the military. So it's like. When you look at it now, it looks like, oh, of course, at the time, very progressive. But it was also horror, a place where you can be very progressive. And I I think that the movie that's coming up that we're also, you know, sort of getting geared up to go enjoy in theaters, because these are the fun horror movies to go see in a theater. Mm. Like I've always said, horror movies and comedies, two best opening weekends to see at a movie theater because the audience is either laughing together or scared. Or in the case of A Bride of Chucky, probably both. Yeah. You get some cool kills. You get a lot of laughs. I think Megan is going to be sort of in that mold where you have some comedic moments because it's just so absurd, but you also have some some actual scares in it. Dorina, you've seen Megan. What do you think as far as holding up to the lineage of A Bride of Chucky? 
You know, it reminded me. I'm a huge fan of Akila Cooper's um, *Malignant*. Mm. Uh, I think it was one She's of great. The, yeah. one of the funniest uh, horror movies to come out recently. And uh, and so I was, I had high hopes for Megan. And it's still, it's not as funny as *Malignant*, but it had some incredible moments that I think really um, paid homage to *Child's Play*. And um, it, it and also kind of actually the the reboot with Mark Hamill mm-hmm. uh, that came out a couple of years ago that focused more on the HAL 9000 like AI version of it. Yeah. And so there's so much that writers can play with that. Mm. And so uh, it was it was I think a lot of people are going to love uh, Megan, the character, and it's going to become not as maybe not as iconic as Chucky, but I think you're going to see a lot of people dressed up as her for Halloween. Uh, I think uh, the everybody from uh, girls to the LGBT community is going to want to be Megan and is going to want to be friends with her. And I just thought it was a lot of fun. And Allison Williams is great in it. She plays this super uh you know, crazy character because she's an engineer that's building, you know, yeah, yeah, this creepy doll that's basically going to turn into, you know, (laughs) a murderer. murderer. Exactly. She's going to go go on a murderous rampage. So so it's, it's, I thought it was really great. I, I, I had a lot of fun and I recommend people go see it, especially if you're a fan of Chucky. Did y'all see uh, the, the Rams and Chargers played a couple weeks ago uh, at SoFi Stadium. The halftime show, part of the halftime show was a bunch of Megan's at the 50 yard line all doing like a weird, creepy dance. It was awesome. The creepy... Um, it was so cool. Marketing. Like, I think Smile reminded us of something that used to be, like, they used to do a lot, mm-hmm. which was guerrilla marketing. And I think between those two, between both Smile, Smile and... Smile just um, has people showing up, like, at random sporting events, <laughs> and they're just smiling into the camera. And those are, like, so paid gross. actors. Yeah, was, yeah. And this one, yeah, they did that. And then Jason Blum, uh, he dressed up as Megan yeah. for their, like, Christmas party. <laughs> well, saw- you saw the film, which is great. I was supposed to go see it last night. Sorry, Blum. If you're watching this now, I was tired. <laughs> I didn't make it last night, but I'm gonna see you this weekend. They could like, be hearing you through the wall. I mean, they really could. Yeah, they actually um, at at the time of writing, they still are here, but I'm pretty sure they're actually moving out soon. They're, uh, do Blum- we get their excess snacks? No, because we don't. Blumhouse, my they God, they do have good snacks. They they're had, in our building. Yeah, you know how like as a kid, maybe you get like those boxes of like it's like you know the, the there's like a little bag of Fritos, a little bag of Doritos. They had king size yeah. paydays and Snickers and Milky Ways that are just in a box. I didn't know that existed. I mean, when you scare your employees as a measure just to show up there, the least you can do is give them a sugar rush. But I was just about to say to you, Mark, you did the junket for it. I He's did the not just for a pretty Megan. face, ladies and gentlemen. He does know how to ask the question. So um, tell us all about uh, your your time with the cast of Megan, sir. Uh, okay. and, and did you get to interview Megan? God, I feel like I'm on NPR now. This is so yeah. fun. I did not get to talk to Megan. <laughs> But when I talked to, to James Wan and Jason Blum, it was so fun because of something Drina kind of hit on is with even with Bride of Chucky, that's more supernatural invading the dolls, right? Yeah. It, it goes back to stuff like The Exorcist where, okay, this is some sort of paranormal thing that's happening and now the spirit has invaded this doll. Yeah. But Megan is replacing the supernatural aspect of it with a sort of technological devil. Yeah. And that is re- that's arguably scarier mm-hmm. as it a concept scary. because that's where the world is going. It's like we were back in this like spiritual realm, you know, where we thought all the stars were gods or whatever. And now we're starting to move into where we worship technology. Yep. So that gets into the doll. And that's I think I was terrified of the exorcist. OK, <laughs> because possession is something you can't really prepare for. Yes. You know, you can't necessarily like 
same go thing. to the gym and get rid of the devil. It's same thing it's with not like that kind of exercise. Invasion of the body snatchers. Any of yes. those sort of like take your essence and and exist without you sort of things. It really cuts to the quick of what humanity is because that's all we have is consciousness. Uh, I just want to say too with uh, Megan. I hope it does very very well because it's also a movie that I think keys in on this whole idea of. Uh, you know, smart people coming together to make good stuff. The fact that James Wan and Jason Blunt now have a partnership after mm-hmm. his many years at Warner Brothers. If this movie ends up being successful this weekend, I think it's just more evidence of like, Hollywood is a relationship business. And I don't think anybody at Warner Brothers is going to be happy to see their literal golden boy. Think about how many movies that they've had success of in recent yep. years between Sinister, Insidious, None, all of that stuff. And in addition to that, also the Aquaman series. Like, this dude is like, there should be wings that WB built off for him. And now he's partnered up with Universal. And that is, this is that first uh, totally, test. Totally, Jacqueline. And I'm so thankful for Aquaman making billions because that's how we got Malignant. That is how we got Malignant. That's how we right. got all of this. And this is the crazy. We got all of those movies that were under their banner and now they're going elsewhere. It's going to be very interesting going forward. Think about how big of a success to your point Malignant was. Yeah. And they could make both of those kind of movies on the cheap where they cost yes. maybe five, ten million dollars, fifteen million dollars to make. And apparently, according to my experience, half of that budget goes to the delicious snacks and craft <laughs> services because they are second to none here. And I'm not allowed to touch them. I've been reprimanded multiple times. Uh, and I do want to give one more shout out to Akila Cooper, who, who wrote the uh, uh, Megan and 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 Malignant. And she's just a delight to talk to. I yeah. got to meet her at Comic-Con. I think we're all probably yep. circulating mm-hmm. at the same party and just awesome to talk to, really down to earth and uh, a genius when it comes to this stuff. So, um, okay, fun fact here. As far as the, I didn't realize that Chucky kind of did this well. The Chucky movies did this well at the box office. But if you look at Bride of Chucky, $73 million worldwide. That's off of a budget of $25 million. Wow. So we adjusted those numbers for inflation, but that's pretty impressive stuff. Child's Play came out and was caught, cost $10 million. This is the most recent one in 2019 and it ended up pulling in $44 million. But the original Child's Play worldwide adjusted for inflation, $83 million. That is wow. still the breadwinner off a budget of just $9 bucks. So those Child's Play movies, do we want to keep them coming, Darina? I'm never going to be sick of Chucky. I mean, look, and the TV if they show keep, too. Look, if they keep make if they keep bringing back Michael Myers, they can keep bringing back Chucky. Very fair. This is very true and they they have been so many times. <laughs> so many times. I just have other people I'd like I I I'd do another Leprechaun movie. I was going to ask what's yeah. the what's the horror movie villain that y'all are like, okay, we brought back Michael Myers, Chucky sort of continues to get a TV show or a movie greenlit. Who's the horror movie villain that you think has been shortchanged that we need to get back in the limelight? I miss oh, I Freddy. You miss Freddy? Yeah. I don't. I, he's my favorite. I think he is my favorite. I just think the people that would make it good are not available anymore. And so I don't <laughs> want to see it made badly. You know what I mean? Like right. legit. Like, you know. Totally. Yeah. But at least one last Robert Englund. Yes, you could maybe get one last Robert England out of that. it. Um, for me, like, I don't think we need more leprechauns, but the leprechaun is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. That is my personal opinion. Like, without question, that that franchise, um, there are no late innings. There are no late innings with that franchise. <laughs> it's all a win. It's like Jackass. It's like Jackass. If, if you show me a moment when a murderous leprechaun is not funny, I will show you a moment when we don't need to make another leprechaun movie. Just like... 
You show me a moment where a guy getting kicked in the nuts is not funny. I will tell you we don't need another jackass. But as long as those <laughs> things are true. Yeah. Well, it's like going back to your uh, vaudeville point, right? Like, it's never not funny to see Chucky being kicked. Yes. Just it, like the gremlin yeah. in yeah. the microwave. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just, there's certain, I mean, whatever comedy purists over here may disagree with me. I just think there's some unshakable tenements of what will make people laugh and... A murderous leprechaun is one of them. Yes, I will tell you, not as the best comedian in the world, but I will tell you as a comedian in the world, <laughs> um, puppets in the oven <laughs> yes. always works. Exactly. Always good for a laugh. Puppets fighting each other in a grave. Yes. Always good for yucks. Yeah. And I the end of this movie, as Darina so eloquently pointed out, when we do give birth to a new thing, reminded me of the movie It's Alive. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah. that? It's like this wow. killer baby that's attacking people. And the very end of the first It's Alive is like, finally, we got this baby and we ended this this demon baby. And the chief gets a call. He's probably not played by John Saxon, but in my head, he is played by John Saxon. He gets a call that, oh, no, they discovered another one, like up in Seattle or something. Oh, There's wow, another yeah. It's Alive baby. I so. remember the It's Alive movie. I don't remember the beats of it to your details. Also, I just remembered one. Horror sex comedies. Oh, yes. We need more horror sex comedies. Okay. That, yes. I don't know who the villain of that is other than virginity. So I guess that is the next monster I would like to see conquest. That's a good point because we've gotten horror more uh, sex dramas kind of like It Follows, right? Was that was basically yeah, an yeah, no, ghost, but yeah. that was not funny. Dude, the fact that this guy was paranoid about getting herpes and let that fantasy rain out <laughs> is just the most hilarious thing in the world okay, to look, we're, we're talking about how much we want horror sex comedies and w w what do teenagers like to do when they go camping? They like to have sex. And who likes to murder kids when they're camping? Jason. Jason Voorhees. That's All I'm true. Saying, That's all true. I'm saying, maybe it's time for Jason Voorhees to get some run. So that is going to do it for Movie Talk here today with not just Brian and Chucky. We got into some Leprechaun. We got into some Megan, which is in theaters now. A lot of fun stuff here. And we also have time for Mailbag. So Brian, hit the music. Clayton Chavez is our big winner here today. Fresh member of the Ketchup Crew. Thank you, Clayton, and everybody for enjoying this show on a weekly basis. Clayton writes, Dear Mark and Jacqueline, I don't know why I haven't submitted this yet, and I hope others have before me. 1999's Mystery Men's rating is far too low. At 61%, let alone its audience score 57%, it breaks my heart. This film is underrated and deserves to be talked about. Stacked cast, hilarious, quick-witted, and it proves that 90 superhero films can work. Mystery men, people. Come on. Death man is dead. This is some serious Dr. Strangelove war room writing here. Keep making amazing episodes. Thank you, Clayton, for that. Mystery men, do we have thoughts? I've is this never the seen Donald, the movie. Is this the Donald Glover one? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. And David Duchovny. And David Duchovny. Yes. And oh, Kel movie. from uh, Keenan and Kel, right? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Dane Cook. We're getting the yes yeah. from uh, from Brian. Okay. Dane Cook pops in there. I, I will take a look at this. The one I would want to... Eddie I know is in there. The yeah. one I always get it confused with and the one I would rather go with is uh, The Watch. Because mm -hmm. there's two random you know, Ben Stiller movies that like feel like songs in a different key. And it's The Watch and Mystery Men. You're going with The Watch over Mystery Men. Okay. Because they're team ups, mm -hmm. you know, trying to fight things. And they're all like a ragtag group, basically. That's like that's the, so in my brain, those two movies like are just, you know, Ben Stiller's the lead and they's got a cast of jokes around him trying to do something. 
Yeah, I always felt like Mystery Men to me looked like, and again, never seen the movie, but it looked like sort of the last hurrah for like a 90s sort of superhero yeah. movie before we had to take it oh so seriously. Yeah. We got the Spider-Man trilogy a couple years later, X-Men, Blade, all in the forefront, leading into the MCU. So this was the last, you know, bastion of, hey, remember the Reality Bites guy? Yeah. I'm going to make a superhero movie, just have some fun with it. So yeah. may maybe Mystery Men should be on this show sooner rather than later, uh, as should Darina returning to the show, because you're always great. In person, in studio, virtual, doesn't matter. We love having you. Where can all the kids out there find you? Thank you for having me. Uh, we are, I am, as Mark said earlier, I am one a third of the World Girls, and we literally give things a whirl. So if you're into Jackass or the Try Guys or a sexier version of Mr. Rogers, uh, catch us <laughs> everywhere on the YouTubes, on the social media. Uh, we got a podcast called Bitch Out of Water. Uh, we are basically trying to conquer the world by uh, creating fewer incels. I go. like that. I, I think that's nice. Sexier version of Mr. Rogers is a good tagline there. That's but he did one. show some skin. I mean, maybe not some skin, but he took some clothes off on the show. He did. He did. He, he didn't have a counter like the nobody, world girls. Nobody mentions the fact that every day, just like RuPaul, Mr. Rogers had to get into drag to do the performance. <laughs> that's a good point. Nobody talks about that. That was a drag sweater. Uh, he was are the put, best. Legitimately, he was Jim Rogers walking in the door. He was Mr. Rogers with that girl that is drag. That is a heightened performance based on what you appear to be. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm with Jacqueline. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> so check out the World Girls. Uh, Jacqueline, by the way, I, and I'll close out the show by saying this. I love that you're in the thick of award season. Yeah. And I love seeing you on social media stump for your favorite movie of last year. Jackass forever. Never yes. stop, never yeah. stopping. And I, I will say all of my, you know, I would say like less like-minded <laughs> critics are very much letting me know really of all the cinema. Like it's kind of a, a, a shot in the face of somebody like, you know, in, in your D2 who spent 10 years working on Bardo that I'm like, yeah, that's cute. Give me the dudes with the nuts. Hey, <laughs> literally the best opening scene in a movie last year. Seriously. Incredible. Yeah. It's a, it was it's a great cinema. theatrical experience. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about fine cinema on this show. We're talking yeah. about Bride of Chucky. We're talking about Jackass Forever. And we're talking about a good one next week, too. Well, uh, actually, I should say, I don't want to steal Mark's thunder. Uh, I want to say again, thank you so much for being here, Doreen. Did we get your recommendation, though? No. Oh, yeah. Give us, uh, Give us a quick recommendation and then we'll, we'll sign okay. out. I believe last time I was here, I recommended Barbarian, which was my favorite movie of last year. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. That yeah. made my top 10 off it your did. recommendation. Incredible. Uh, so uh, I will recommend an uh, older movie from like 2018, which is uh, one of my favorite horror movies that's very underrated by Panos Cosmatos starring Nicolas Cage. And that is called Mandy. I recommend it all the time. It's so underrated. It looks, uh, it's a psychedelic trip. It looks beautiful and it's a hilarious uh, uh, it's a very uh, sad and hilarious 80s uh, kind of horror revenge movie. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Also, uh, great for a rainy day. So I appreciate you giving that since it's raining right here. Thank you again. I want to say next week we've uh, what do we got? We, we got Angels Fallen. Yes. I was going to say, because this yes! is the man who I forgive much. And that is Gerard Butler. Not because of 300 either. I oh just my like, gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, we're doing Angel is Fallen, but I just like Gerard Butler. I'm somebody that like would defend Geostorm and, uh, you know, all of the things that he does. Geostorm. He was, he was very hot as a phantom of the opera. Even That's the reason why. Movie. That is the reason why he has my everlasting affection is not for 300. It's for Phantom. He's a hot fan of the opera. I love him as like the down and out kind of cop that's just gritty and breaking the rules. Um, I will say Geostorm is great. For one reason, and one reason only, and you all get to hear that next week on Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, yes. we talk about Angel Has Fallen, the close of the trilogy to the Olympus Has Fallen. 
I had to remember. And then London has fallen. It's the rise of Skywalker yeah. of the Fallen trilogy. So for Doreen Ariano, check out the World Girls wherever you do worldly things. Check out Jacqueline Coley and myself on social media. Thank you, everybody, for watching Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. Go to RT which is RottenTomatoes.com, and you can check out our list, like the Child's Play ranking, uh, all the Blumhouse movies ranked. There's a lot of fun horror movie stuff on there. It's still raining. It's probably raining where you are, so enjoy a horror movie and a couple episodes of Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. For Jacqueline, Darina, Brian, Glenn, myself, I, Mark Ellis, wish you adieu. We'll see you next week, Angels. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.